It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday may 18th and you're listening to episode 416 this is jason your host here with nicole amato your other host what up hey nicole how's it going it's pretty good you know quarantine life quarantine week 3705 i think (laughs) somewhere in there i'm not sure it's the 675th day of March. Yeah, yeah. I think it actually, we finally reached, as my friend Jay-Z likes to say, the 35th of February. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I always say um, to my kids when they want to do something. Can I do this one thing? And it's like some terribly dangerous thing or some terrible thing. And I'm like, you can do that. I'm like, yes, you can absolutely do that. You know when you can do that? And they're like, oh, the 35th of February. And I'm like, yep, that's when. <laughs> Did you have you ever watched Parks and Rec? I have not. I, it's one of those shows I want to go back and watch. So I was a big Office fan for the most part of it. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've heard it's real good. There's an episode where um, Aubrey Plaza's character, like she's been, anytime anybody wants to make an appointment with Nick Offerman's character, she just makes the appointment on. I think the date is March 31st. So she's like, well, I didn't think it was a real day, so I just made all of your appointments for that day. And and she's like, but it's today. And he's like, how many appointments do I have? And she's like, 57. <laughs> like something <laughs> ridiculous. It's very funny. Oh, that's um, I fantastic. I just watched The Office in its entirety for the first time. Oh, nice, nice. Did it, did it get better towards the end? Because it had that real bad slump where, like, it was real bad for I a short time. I had only seen... I had never seen any episodes that didn't have Steve Carell in them. So Okay, yeah. I like went back and started over and I um I I mean, I was also like watching it. I was like eating it up, you know what I mean? Like anytime I was bored, I was like I'm just going to watch 10 episodes of The Office. Right, right, yeah. Cross stitch or do something else, you know. And so I didn't find them I didn't find those episodes that tedious, but I can imagine like People who are big fans of the show and big fans of Steve Carell, like if that if you were really into the show and you were watching it like every week, I can see how people would have not liked it. Right. Yeah. No, I I just kind of felt like it was weird to me because Steve Carell by far was not even close to the funniest person on that show, even though I think Steve Carell's hilarious. But it wasn't his job to be the funniest person. He was his job to make you feel awkward and to make everyone else be funny. Right. I was in so much pain watching him. I, I almost <laughs> felt a relief when he left the show because I was right. like, oh, my God, he's so painful. Plus, he had like the absolute best. Um, he had the absolute best exit line ever um, when he did the that's what she said. Uh, but he had he had taken his mic off. So he just like mouthed it to the camera. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. my God, it's just the perfect summation of your character. But um, I wish I had a super cut of just Jim looking at the camera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's funny is, have you seen the British version of it? Yes. Yeah. Like, it's funny that it, that's Martin Freeman, right? Like, it's somebody who also became wildly popular, who was right, nobody right, back right. then. Yeah. Yeah, John Krasinski is just, oh, my God. What, like, like rewatching the episodes with him and Pam, like, got me again. They really got yeah, me again. Yeah, it's tough, right? Did you... Have you watched some good news with uh, SGN yet. with John Krasinski? Oh, Not yet. I you all, oh, you don't know what you're missing. It's so all right, I'm gonna good. Write it down. It's so unexpected. You're just like, wait, what's going to happen today? And then it's just ridiculous. So yeah, I, I <laughs> strongly recommend it. Yeah. And John Krasinski is just, he's just fantastic as a person in general, uh, but he's also hilarious. So I really want to watch the show that he's in. What is it? Jack Ryan? Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. What, Jack, no, it's Jack Ryan. Jack? Yeah, it's Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Yeah. I kind of want to watch it, but I'm like, how can I see him as anything but Jim? Right, right. Did you did you know he was like this close to being Captain America? No, really? Yeah, yeah. He. I was really. I didn't know who Chris Evans was at the time, so I was super bummed because I love John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he said that. He said he was. He almost got it. He went in. He did a screen test. He got to put the uniform on. But he said the day I was there, Chris Evans was there, and he put the uniform on. And I was like, "Yep, we're done here." So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
It's like, there's no way. That's really cute. Oh, yeah. I don't know that story. Well, I love that. That's but then horrible. Chris Evans is like, obviously perfect in that role. But So it's hard now to imagine John Krasinski, but at the time, I was pulling for the guy. You know, I didn't like Chris Evans that much until that last movie. Oh, that what? last movie. That last movie, I went from Chris Evans is my least favorite Chris to Chris Evans might be my second favorite Chris now. Like, like, so I, like I don't know. In your in, so so the Chris's right the three Chris's of the movies the four Chris's. Well, okay, listen, the three Chris's of those movies plus Chris Pine. You you have to you have to just always count Chris Pine. Yeah, I, I, I so know. Much. I'm just being just. Gosh, you're really hard to deal with sometimes. So. <laughs> Um, well, so there's this great there's this great video of Chris Pine on like a Japanese talk show, and they're like, "Kiss, marry, kill," you know, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and Chris Pratt, yeah, and they're yeah. asking Chris Pine this, and Chris is like, "Oh, well, you know, um, I would just I'd kiss, marry, kill them all, take their money, take their homes." Yes, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> So and I just uh, I'm just so charmed by him. So so your ranking of the Chris's I want to see if we can agree then like for the just for the oh, you know not the kiss Mary kill thing but like the just the best right like who do you think out of those four Chris's is the who's your favorite Chris? Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I mean right there's is especially after they like after Thor Ragnarok like I don't know how he could not be everyone's favorite Chris. Yeah, he be- yeah. he went from being like my least favorite Avenger to being like probably my most favorite because he's just so funny like he's just he's when he's got really good comedic timing he's funny and also he's like just so hot like we saw i think it was the second one we saw in the theater and i was with anthony and a bunch of anthony's friends and there's a scene where it's just like chris hemsworth's like you know chest takes up the entire screen <laughs> and i just made this noise involuntarily i was like Gah! like and every but Anthony, both of his friend, like they all like turned, like and just like really like like hairy eyeballed me. They were like really, and I was like, are you not seeing this? Like how are you not also reacting this way? Like oh yeah. And then I really liked Chris Pratt until he it came out that he's like a nut job. Is he a nut job? He's like a an evangel evangelical Christian kind of like uh, yeah he's I I've read some unsavory things about him so right, he's right. gone to the bottom yeah I mean I my list I, I knew so that for a while Chris Pine was number two for me but then Chris Evans like when he was just like you know all his his deliveries in that movie were so yeah, perfect yeah, like yeah. No, I knew that Chris Pratt um, was was Christian, which of course I don't have a problem with. But like uh, that, I also heard that he was maybe kind of douchey about it, which is yeah frustrating because he seems like a nice dude. Like he seems so funny and cool. Yeah, yeah. But I could I could see him being like on the judgmental bandwagon uh, a little bit. Um, you know, so which is too bad. It's just too bad, right? Um, when I think you know, it solidified it for me for. Um, I mean, all the butt jokes about Chris Evans in the movie were great. And then when he just leans over and says, Hail Hydra, I like, I like wanted to get up in the theater and just be like, yeah, like, like, just like scream. Oh. My favorite, no, my, my absolute favorite part of him was, uh, which I won't like spoil, spoil what happens here, but he's fighting the, you know who he's fighting, right? In the scene where right, he's fighting yeah. the person, right? And, uh. And the, and, and the I can do this all day. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so great. It's so good. It's, it's so good. I get to I get to watch Endgame again on Sunday. Uh, so the kids have been watching all the Marvel movies. We are watching Captain Marvel on tomorrow, uh, Friday night, uh, and then on Sunday we're watching Endgame. And then yeah, oh, and then so and then the next week we'll watch Far From Home, which I think is Far From Home. I think is one of the best movies of the lot, um, mostly because of Jake Gyllenhaal. You I should. Just, I'm just in love with him. He's so great. You should show them the lip sync of Tom Holland singing Rihanna's Umbrella. <laughs> yeah, that'd be and good. See, and see what they think about that. Yeah. Um, I will say one more Chris Pine thing. Um, have you seen the Wonder Woman 84 trailer? Yes, yes. You dig in yeah, his fanny so, pack? So, well, so, uh, you know, I'm watching the trailer and I'm like, I'm feeling this music. 
Gail Godot can get it. I love her. Like, kiss, marry, kill. I would just kiss, marry her. She's just so amazing. And then I'm like, oh, the only thing that's a bummer about this movie is that Chris Pine's not going to be in it. And I'm so bummed because I love him so much. And then when he showed up, I literally started crying. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's it's literally the perfect movie because he's right. also good. Right. Like, yeah. Gail Godot was so funny. I, I saw... I watched a video and it was like all the times that she like slipped up with her English and she's like on a talk show with a bunch of girls and she's like, oh yeah. And you remember like that night when we slept together and then she was like, when we had a sleepover <laughs> and, and and like her face is just right. Right. That's so hilarious. Um, but anyway, board games. Yeah. Board games are cool. Well, there was one more thing I was going to say. That moment that you mentioned, though. Have you watched The Mandalorian yet? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So have you heard about... Listeners, I am nodding my head. That's very helpful for you. They heard the oh. So yeah, I think they... (laughs) um, Have you heard the the special who's going to be in season two? No. Well, I heard about Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah. And I heard about... Is Anthony laughing? Are you laughing? Yeah. <laughs> He's laughing. You said board games and I immediately went back to TV. <laughs> <he> said- <laughs> I did say board games and Jason was like one more thing and I'm glad that Jason said one more thing because I was going to talk to him about Star Wars The Clone Wars the final season. I haven't, so watched, I haven't that watched that yet. yet. Um, but, but then he mentioned The Mandalorian yeah. which is going to have Ahsoka which I'm hype about. And, and there's rumors that... Um, that Rex will be there too. <gasps> Stop. I, I know, right? Well, because and here's here's what makes sense about that because they also said that Boba Fett's going to show up for like a cameo. I maybe, heard about that. I don't which care about neither, that. Neither do I. Neither do I. Uh, Rex. But but I'm but Rex about. and Boba Fett are played by the same actor now. Oh, who's the actor? Tamara Morrison. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. Duh. Right. So I mean, it'd be silly for it not Shit. to be to have both. Oh, And and. <laughs> And uh, they also sorry. talked about Katie Sackoff coming on. I saw that she's going to gonna be um, Boca. Yeah, she's going to be her character, Sabine's sister. Not Sabine. Um, uh, the Queen's sister. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, because that's who she was. And like, so, but Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. I'm, I'm pretty crazy. stoked about that. Um, so I was already excited about season two, just based on the end of season one. Um, yeah. With uh, the great. guy with the thing and the thing and the oh my gosh, um, <laughs> we, yeah. Uh, Anthony had this movie that uh, was on his wish list for a while that he wanted to watch, and we watched it last night or the night before. It was called Prospect. It's like this low budget indie sci fi movie with Pedro Pascal, and uh, I'm just I'm now just like collecting media with Pedro Pascal because I just cannot get enough of him at this point. I couldn't the one the weirdest thing to me about him was uh when they finally had him speak on the show without like what i assumed was a voice modulator in his helmet he still sounded like that but that's not at all what he sounds like so it really weirded me out like it really kind of pulled me out of like what i expected because on game of thrones i i kind of hated that guy um sure because also because he was just stupid like hey want to win a fight and not be dumb great you know oh i like stomping grapes you know what i'm saying so yeah (laughs) um anyways star wars clone wars final season absolutely incredible that's what i've heard i mean yeah there's rumors that dave filoni is is going to be promoted at disney to be kind of like the kevin feige of uh of star wars because because he's making all the best star wars content right yeah, um, yeah. You know, and also for the people who like to complain about J.J. Abrams, which I, I have my thoughts, but overall I really like this stuff that J.J.'s done and hate me, I don't care. But but John Favreau has done more for Marvel and Star Wars than anyone else, like as a combo, yeah. right? Because he made Iron sure. Man good uh, and then he uh, and then he's d- worked on The Mandalorian and just like crushed it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling it. Uh, all right. We should talk about board games. Let's talk about board yeah, games. Yeah, let's talk about board, board games, games. For real this time. Oh, it's been a while since we've had just a ramble ramble about Star Wars and or Marvel. So the builders love that. We know they do. Um, <laughs> what else What else do you have to do, builders? You're just hanging out at your house, quarantined likely. I it is what it is. The other thing I can talk about is, is um, we now have two very small spiders that look like the old spider. Two? 
two very well either one that really gets around or two that i think one's in the i think one stays in like the bathroom bedroom area and then i think there's one that stays in like our living room dining room area so i'm kind of feeling like perhaps that spider died because it was at the end of its life cycle because it had like hatched a bunch of babies and then it just died it's possible it's possible i mean the, these two spiders are very tiny and it could be that it's actually like 10 spiders <laughs> we don't right, right, know right 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 <laughs> yeah yeah but um they're very cute i like them very much we also have one um house centipede mm, that mm. keeps scaring the crap out of me nope yeah. nope 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 yeah i have an agreement i don't kill the house centipedes i, I don't know. kill the spiders i, I know. know i i'm actually but, more on board with you not killing the spiders than the house centipede this house centipede though has the audacity. I mean, he was in the kitchen and I was like, I'm going to let you live. And I was sitting at my desk and I saw something moving on the floor and he was just trucking it across the floor. And I was like, we had an agreement. Like, <laughs> how big don't is it? Come near me. Um, Oh, okay. So that's about two inches you're showing there. Yeah. Yeah. That's He's like two inches. Right, Anthony. He's, like half an inch. He's not half an inch. He's very large. I'd like to put out this He's is... He's big this enough is, that I can see the stripes on his legs. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry. I just wondered if Anthony was thankful for your measuring skills. Um, <laughs> normally that goes the opposite way, right? <laughs> oh, I love you. Uh, welcome back to Building the Game After Dark. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, okay, so board games, um, yeah. Uh, well, we're going to talk about some different stuff here. Um, yeah, so you recently did your first like real like playtesting on TTS. Yeah. Um, so so uh, we had not used Tabletop Simulator really at all before this quarantine, and we have... Anthony has done an amazing job familiarizing himself with it. He added our game Kobolds to it. He added our game Tank Robbers to it. Um, he's gotten he's put a lot of time and energy into it, and he's also spent a lot of time with uh, Gil Hova's Discord group, the Remote Playtesting Group. Uh, they meet on Tuesdays and Saturdays, and in between Anthony's treatments, he's been trying to um, you know get to those as as much as possible. And then we decided that we were going to try to keep the Game Makers Guild Philadelphia going. So we had our first meeting last night and it went really well. I think we played four games um, and, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was, that's it great. Was, yeah. We have this new guy in the group who's from Florida who has a, um, not a roll and write, a draw and write. So it's like okay. draw from a bag and write. It's like yeah. drawing cubes from a bag. Our our um, group has named those and write games or and random games. or random and write. <laughs> random and write. That's the term. Nate Darty uh, was the first one to start using that. I think random and write I like games. It. Yeah, because I mean, because we say roll and write for basically any game where you write stuff, right? And like, well, it's roll and write, but I mean, there's no dice, but you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like the flick and write. Have you seen that flick and write? Uh, that. There's a guy. His game is like on a lazy Susan, basically, and you and you can turn the quadrants, and then you. I think Pandasaurus picked it up. I want. Oh, okay. I was say, well, Pandasaurus is claiming to have the first ever flick and write, uh, which yeah, is Sonara. Sonara, yeah. I saw it at Metatopia, and it was amazing. Yeah. So no, they're I'm doing super, that. Super. Yeah. I'm super into these games, and uh, you know, this guy's game was called Nebula, and it was about. Um, the board was really super intimidating, but it was amazing. Your, you know, your ship is stranded and you're trying to repair your ship. So you're using cubes to repair it and you choose, you like start in the center and then you can go out in a line and you choose which parts you want to repair and you use cubes to repair the different parts. And depending on which part you repair, you go up in one of your systems. So you can go up in your energy or your um, computer nice, nice. or your life support or your fuel. There's like five different things. And you can also, there's like these little aperture icons. And if when you get to one of those, you can either choose to close it up or crawl inside of the crawl space. And then that goes to another part of the board. And then you fix that part. And that gives you another benefit. It was just, it was very... Um, intimidating at first and he was like explaining it to us and i would say within like two rounds man it was like yeah 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 move it move it move it nice go, that go. sounds it was, cool that sounds cool 
yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, Anthony ran tank robbers last night, which went really well. And I'm, you know, super impressed that Anthony has gotten that working in there because that's a very tactile game. You're touching things a lot. And he's like figured out some really creative ways to like put down your card and then, you know, move your tank on top of it and then pull the card out from under it. And, uh, and we also played kobolds the other night, the version of kobolds that he had in there. And he's just done some really cool stuff with like the bags and like moving things around. And it's awesome. I'm, I'm having, I, I, I'm still a novice at using tabletop simulator, but yeah, I same. feel like, I feel like because of games like this and the effort that these creators have put into it, it's really helping me see all the, all the like amazing things that are available, but also help me get acclimated to the program like a lot faster. Right. Right. No, that's one of the issues we've been having lately because we've been trying to use it too. me and some other designers. Uh, Kelly Hoagland was having trouble getting stuff to upload. It kept crashing and stuff. And, you know, I'm just starting to wonder if maybe the servers are becoming too taxed, right? Um, yes. The, we actually had a really hard time last night because the, the drawn right game kept crashing. Right. And I, I, so I don't know what like Tabletop Simulator does to like make it the way it runs, but it's incredibly taxing on your computer as well. Like Neil has like a like crazy fast laptop. He just got like, it's like top of the line and like it runs slow on there. Um, you know, like bogs his system down. Like (laughs) that shouldn't do that. Right. Um, but yeah, there's something about it. it We had it crashing last night and then the chat box was just like, everybody was like crash, 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 Uh, crash, crash. So uh. it was like, it was definitely like a system wide, Right. I, I'm guessing there's just, it's just having trouble handling all the people. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, so we we're talking about this. We got this list here from Gil Hova of all these different playtest groups, and there's like a bajillion of them. Um, <laughs> and not to mention that Cardboard Edison is actually doing something too with all of this, um, where they're attempting to get, um, you know, like more stuff going uh, online like they do. I was trying to find the thing here. You sent it to me, but, uh, oh, I guess you sent it to me. I guess I could just pull it up from where you sent it. Um, yeah, so there... Yeah, there's there's testing every day of the week except for Monday, which there's four different things happening on Wednesday. So since we just started last night, we were thinking, like, we were like, maybe we should just move to Monday so there's no right, right. competing issues. But I don't know. It went well last night, so... Right, yeah. So, yeah, this is the same list that Gil's working from. So they must have just joined forces on that. I mean, to be fair, Cardboard Edison is usually just putting things out that others have done, right? That's a lot of... I know they do some specific things just on their own, and I'm not saying anything bad about them. I love them. They're amazing. Um, But a lot of times they're aggregating stuff, and this is apparently one of them. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, like, the list of board game designer groups they have is just insane. Um, Just insane. So, yeah. Good for them. Yeah, the remote playtesting group meets twice a week. It looks like blind playtesters blind playtesters meets twice a week. Um, Northwest players meets once a month. Uh, Seattle, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Chicago all meet uh, once a week. And then there's one called Friday Daytime Playtesting. So if you're if you're looking to do some online playtesting, I, I strongly encourage you to go to Cardboard Edison and uh, check that out. Look at the playtest groups that they've got out there. Um, <clears throat> that's probably better than you just like messaging Gil Hova and being like, Gil, help me out. You know what? Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, yeah, there's just, there's a lot going on and it's, it's really interesting to see how everyone's pivoting to this online thing. Um, I think one of the best things that I've seen from does the design perspective is that like all of my meetings now are zoom meetings. Like we have video meetings with everything. Um, I mean, we even record the podcast with video, which we did start doing just before, um, just before we started to um, uh, the whole pandemic thing went down, but it's it's nice, right, to have a face and to like connect with that. Um, so I feel like that's helping my meetings be more productive, and I also feel like it's it's inspiring me to have more meetings. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm having more and more check in meetings with the design partners than I ever have, because um, yeah, just because, right? It's been. Um, you, you you have to to stay in touch, right? And to feel like yeah, you're doing sure. something. Uh, something else that I want to bring up, if it's okay, that's a little outside of this, but still about the current crap. Um, sure, yeah. 
you know, the relationships with publishers have gotten really, really weird, right? Um, because I think that, uh, I think we just don't, like, you, people are not sure how to reach out to publishers. They're not sure, like, how do I reach out without nagging a publisher, right? Uh, how sure, do I, sure. you know, be respectful that they're going through this too and that maybe their company may be struggling with that. Um, and that's something to really think about, right? Um, yeah. I, I know we. I've got two or three, three games under review right now actually four or five i think with different places um and everyone it's just different right or even places where they've signed a game and then like now it's 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 not going to hit the original schedule i've got two games like that where they're just not hitting the schedule that was planned on because they can't i mean like everything has changed and that's okay i mean like no complaints obviously it's a bummer um but i've seen some people online talking about getting games back from publishers um, because I have also yeah. That, yeah, which that sucks, right? I mean, uh, I, and I, companies laying people off. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know we've heard about furloughs at several different places that we know of. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's just the whole thing is just really, um, yeah. There's there's so many good things happening out of this, like where people are coming together. But some of this stuff is really difficult for this industry and, and for many industries. I mean, I'm only speaking for our industry because it's the one we're in, um, but. Yeah, and then, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I completely agree with you. We um, are in a weird spot because, you know, two, we have three games at Publishers, and we were, I mean, the one company's had it for, like, over a year. We we should have heard from them. We've been in talks with their lawyer for, like, months and months and months, and they've just gone silent, and then... There's another company that, you know, he was going to do some more testing and get back to us. And then there was another company that was like, we're going to make a final decision. That The last time we heard from them was like February. And like, you know, on the one hand, obviously, I could follow up and reach out. But with Anthony going through all this cancer treatment, we're like, I, I haven't wanted to. I haven't really. I've been like, you know, basically, I work my day job and then I can either you know, make sure we eat, <laughs> make sure the apartment's clean or stay sane. Like <laughs> play, you know, pick one of those other things. <laughs> play pie cross, pick cross, pie cross, whatever it's called. Play pick cross. Yes. Pick play pick cross. <laughs> I see a lot. Toits signed on to pick cross. <laughs> that game is, I don't know if you ever played it, but it's very soothing. No, I haven't. I haven't. I'm building animal crossing, which is also very soothing. So uh, um, I will tell you that I finally got a memory card and I will be setting up Animal Crossing, my animal, my new Animal Crossing Switch very soon. Well, you just let me know when. I'm going to inundate you with gifts. So <laughs> you're going to be like, I, will you stop? Just stop. Okay, stop. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'll never say that. I'll never say that. I'm going to um, send you a bunch of fruit and a bunch of bells and all sorts of good stuff. <laughs> so it's going to be great. But um, yeah, like I, I, I also feel like, and this is the case in so many parts of my life i feel like part of me doesn't want to reach out to them because i don't want them to say that they don't want the game anymore right right yeah which yeah, is a silly yeah. thing because if they don't want the game anymore then i i should just pull the band-aid off but i don't like a part of me is like well do i want to follow up with them if they just say oh yeah we decided we don't want it or you know things are really hard right now so we can't give you an answer or yeah you know. right bad news right now is like is really hard. I um, I recently entered a contest, uh, a game design contest, and like I I, did, I, I thought it was like a hula hooping contest, and you were like, it was like a what? I thought it was like a hula hooping contest. Oh yes, yes. Well, <laughs> I I win all of those, but um, you should see me hula hoop. Um, no, I'm like I'm like uh, I'm like uh, oh my gosh, I just I'm like Captain Holt when it comes to hula hooping. Sorry, so. <laughs> Me and Cheddar the dog. Um, but anyways, uh, so no, here's the thing. Uh, so I entered this contest. I'm not going to say what it is uh, or any details about it, but I'm going to say this. So I entered it, and when I talk to people about entering it and stuff, and I honestly said this to myself, like I'm like, I'm not going to win. There's no chance right, I win. Sure. I won't place, um, but I'm excited to enter it, right? So I did it, and then I didn't place, right? And like, it really hurt. Like I was like, oh gosh, like I was... Like for like a whole day, like I was super bummed about it, um, yeah. and I was trying to figure out why because I was like, you didn't expect to win this or to even to place in this, and um, but I think what it was is just right now, like it's like we just all kind of need a win right now, right? And like yeah. for something, um, 
and bad news just feels extra crappy you know yeah. right now so so i get that not wanting to reach out to people um i i think i'm gonna start reaching out because it's like listen this has went on for a while this is gonna right. keep going on like yeah. most mid-sized publishers probably have a game plan right Right. And like, I just want to like the one I'm thinking of, I'm going to reach out to them and say, listen, hey, you've had this game for a long time. We haven't really heard from you. Like if with everything going on, like if you if you don't want it, no hard feelings like that's OK. Like I'm comfortable yeah. with that. Just tell me, you know, just tell me and I'll get it off your plate and, and we'll, we'll be we'll be good, you know, um, right. because at this point, I feel like they probably don't. Um, but I could be wrong, you know, so it's it's right. it's hard. Um some of the other ones, two of the publishers reached out to one, my co-designer uh, has a relationship with the, with the, the person who owns the company. Uh, and then the other one, I have a relationship with the person who owns this, co- this other company. So like, it's easy to reach out to them and say, listen, Hey, I'm not trying to harass you. Like I just, right. what's up? Like, what's up? Like, you know, we're friends. What's up? And, um, right. and that has went really well so far. Um, so yeah, but the whole thing just kind of, uh, it, the dynamic it's like when you already were were struggled to like reach out to publishers because you didn't want to look like a jerk, and then now it's like they legitimately could be like, "Wow, you're a jerk for reaching out right now and, and asking what's right. going on when you should know that you know everything is is broken." Um, right. Yeah. So that just gives you're like, me. Well, I also have needs. Right, but I mean, but I mean, they're running a business, right? I mean, you know, them not buying my game is not going to break like me financially. It's going to break my heart, uh, but. <laughs> Who cares about that? <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, like if they buy my game and it like flops, like they could break them financially if they're not big enough. So um, right. you know, so I mean, it could go either way. Um, but it's I don't that's that has become I think one of the more challenging things for me out of all of this, and uh, I wish there was a better solution to that. Sure. Yeah. <sighs> Type, 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 type. I'm, uh, I'm going to pull up some emails here so that we can uh, take some. I've got a Mailbag? couple. Uh, I've got a couple questions. Yeah. Or comments. I don't know. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I love it when you wear that shirt, by the way, your flamingo shirt. <laughs> yeah. I rotate through like four shirts right now. So uh, <laughs> like I just want to be comfortable um, and happy. And so I was yeah. considering buying more sweatpants because um my sweatpants, I, I own four pairs of sweatpants and they've never gotten this much mileage. And I'm just like, slow down. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about buying sweatpants. I don't have any, but I really wish I did. Because I have two pairs of um, jeans and one of them has a massive hole in the crotch. So I can't wear those anymore. <laughs> like, it's just like so big. Like it's so like- for some for some reason, Dietz and Watson has been targeting me with Facebook ads, which is very strange because I don't eat meat. So you would think that Dietz and Watson would not think that I was their target market. But um, <laughs> I did click on the ad and I did look at their website and they have a pair of sweatpants that in giant letters down one leg just says eating pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you, um, kind of want those. I kind of want those. <laughs> they also have. Um, a sriracha sauce, like sandwich sauce, that's called gritty sauce. I've heard of that, yeah. I'm really um, tempted by that also. So, funny story. I don't actually remember the password to the podcast. (laughs) I'm going to tell you why, though. Let me tell you why, okay? Let me tell you why. It's because... Let me tell you why. (laughs) It's because on my phone, it's already pulled up. So that's why. Okay, that's why. Well, then just do it on your phone. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to read this email because that's what we're doing right now. We're reading emails, hype. apparently. I'm hype. I'm hyped to hear it. Um, this guy says, hey, uh, it's me again, uh, Ramon Gutierrez. Um, we spoke via Twitter with Jason. Jason's amazing. I actually added that myself. But um, <laughs> so this is <clears> – <throat> so I like, I like Ramon. So Ramon started at the beginning uh, recently. And found the podcast and just messaged, like reached out and just DM'd me on Twitter. Um, and we've been talking ever since. But so he's way behind. So this is, he says, I'm just chiming in about the game that you all pitched about crop circles inspired, uh, a, about a crop circles inspired maze where kids are trying to find the invisible pieces of a crashed alien spacecraft. One of the kids is the alien that crashed 
and that is trying to find the pieces, but his motives are completely different than the rest of the players' kids. So I actually really like this pitch. I like how you somehow find a piece, uh, but since it's invisible, you don't know what it is. This reminds me of the Blizzard game Diablo, where you find an unidentified piece of armor and have to bring it back to become... I'll bring it back to become identified so that you can find out what attributes it actually has. I thought that maybe the ship's core is the only part that is not invisible and that it is in the center of the field. Also, how would you even know something crashed if you can't see it, right? So, then the invisible piece, uh, or several pieces, you can carry uh, X number of pieces at a time, uh, but you have to gamble on what you're bringing back to identify. Um... And then he says, um, you know, back when you pitched this game, you mentioned the alien kid as a specific set collection he needs to find it, uh, to find an order to win and fly back home, defeating the other players in the process. Uh, for this, he must remain in secret long enough to pull this off. You also mentioned government agents would spawn from time to time and the kids uh, would have to stand up to the agent, uh, which would award points. But those points would be detrimental to the alien player. Um, and he goes on to say some other stuff about this. Um this sounds really interesting. Um, the funny thing is, uh, I have no idea what he's talking about. Um, oh my god! Because this, I think this game sounds awesome. I do too. It was like episode 107 or 108. Um, <laughs> so like so, 300 years ago. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's one we recorded in a car, like on the way home from a, a convention. So I'm gonna go That's back amazing. and listen to this because I was like, did we really come up with this pitch? This pitch sounds really good. <laughs> like I'm I'm down with this. So. Um, uh, and then, okay, so that's that. But this is this is something I think we could talk about a little bit here that's interesting. So um, he also sent a message that said, um, when you're talking about feedback, and I don't know what episode, oh, episode 109, um, he said, good feedback rebuttal here. Uh, you ask somebody, what is the thing you liked most? If you don't get a response, then say, what is the thing you liked least? They may feel more comfortable telling you after asking the, after you ask a first question, um, oh, after you ask the first question, they give you an answer. You say, I like that. I'm going to use that. Thank you. Um, maybe even if it's not true. Um, <laughs> so why to them? Right. Well, basically is what he's saying. He's a liar. No, no, but I get it. Right. He's, he's basically saying like when you, when somebody gives you a piece of like, you've done this before, right? When you're like talking to a, um, talking to like a designer, right? And they're like, Hey, what did you think of this mechanic? Hey, you know, cause they're from Brooklyn. Um, and then you're like... <laughs> You're like, yo, 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 like, I don't, I didn't like this mechanic. It wasn't very good. And then they're like, I hate you. Um, no, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. And then they're like mad, right? No, that's vice versa. Sorry. <laughs> I have a really hard time keeping up with this hypothetical situation that you've pitched to me here. <laughs> so was I. So was I. I'm going to start over. No. So here's the thing, right? So when you are playing a designer's game, right? And the designer's like, hey, so what did you think of this thing? I, I like this mechanic. What did you think of it? And you're like, well, so I struggled with this because of this, this, and this. Um, I, you know, I found it difficult. You're completely polite, but you're like just saying, like, I struggle with this piece of this game, right? And then they're like, well, the reason that it's like that. And then they're just like, blah, 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 right? And they're kind of a jerk about it. Right. You tend to not want to give more feedback after that, right? At least oh, I don't. Sure, I'm absolutely. just kind of like, nah, like, I'm done. Like, I don't need to give you more yeah. feedback. We're good. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, if if a designer is like that to anybody giving feedback, I I tend to just not. I tend to just check out. There, I will say there are times when you get that person giving that feedback, sure, and you're just yes. kind of like, you know what? Nope, 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 nope. Like I I'm also not gonna- feel bad when like when like one person is like laying into the designer, and the designer's like the designer's like one of those like, oh, I'm just gonna stop making games. <laughs> They're right, like right, real right. Self-deprecating, and they're like, "Oh, good. I'm gonna pack my bags and move." You know what I mean? And you're like, <laughs> "Right, right. I'm just gonna burn this like, game well, on the I table." I like this part of the game. Please don't leave. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, as a designer, I tend to write down everything everybody says, and I, um, I don't ever say like, "Oh yeah, I'll think about adding that to the game." But I might say like, "Oh, that's a great idea." Like, maybe I'll try that out. But I also have this habit of, um, and this is from my college days, where I just write down everything everyone says at all times. If I'm taking notes, I literally just write down everything. Stop so, Stop writing down what I'm saying, Nicole. I'm writing it down right now. I'm God, I'm writing it. I'm writing it. Oh, my hand's cramped. Um, Transcription but, of this podcast brought to you by Nicole Amato. 
but uh yeah i have so so like that's something that like you know i think that i think that that encourages playtesters to i think that that makes the playtesters comfortable because they're like oh you think that what i'm saying is important and you're writing it down and a lot of times i am and you can tell what i think is important because i star it and then right right the, the only nightmare is you know when I type it up later and then I'm like, I don't know what this means. And like, it's also interspersed with like my private thoughts. So like, I'll take those like just, two pages of written Just a lot of F words. It... <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like cooking spinach, right? There's all these notes. And then when I type it up, I only type up the stuff that's relevant to game design. So then it just shrinks down. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then from there, it's like, you know, okay, what if this is useful? And it's like, mm, that's very small. Yeah, no, and that's, but I, I do think, you know, like I, I usually lead off with a positive. Like, I'll just say, I usually don't say, what do you like best? I'll just, because I, that feels like, tell me your favorite thing. And that can be a little hard, right? Because not everyone can tell you their favorite thing, right? Um, about the game, like, especially if they really didn't care for the game. Um, right. So I'll usually lead with like, what's something you enjoyed about the game? Or what's something you liked about the game? Um, and I've actually had people say not really any of it. And I'm like, cool. Okay. So You're moving like, on I'm then. I'm going to pack my bags and move. Yeah. No, because I like, I honestly, there are very few people's feedback that could hurt my feelings where somebody's like, this is terrible. Like in some rando that I don't know is not that person. Um, right. So, yeah. I think one of the things that I struggle with is I have a difficult time figuring out exactly what it is I would like feedback on. So like if a person plays the game for an hour and then I'm like, I would like you to comment specifically on what happened three quarters of the way through the game when X, Y, and Z was happening. Like that's what we need to, you know what I mean? Or like, I would like to focus on ideas that you might have about how to shorten the beginning of the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it takes a lot of self-awareness and, really complex understanding of your own game to be able to ask really focused questions. And I think that I like giving feedback better when somebody's like, Hey, I have very specific questions versus what did you think? Because yeah, a lot of times yeah. when you ask a person, what did you think about the game? Like they're, and this isn't saying that this isn't saying anything bad about playtesters, but a lot of the times playtesters will say, well, here are my thoughts, and here is how I think you could change it. And they'll almost always say something that wasn't an iteration of the game already that didn't work. Right, right. And that's when Does you have to make sense? this. Oh, yeah. And then you have to make that decision like, do I tell them that was there and it didn't work? Or do I right. just want this conversation to be over? So right, I say, exactly. oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, it generally yeah. depends on the, like, yeah, it depends on the on the person giving the feedback and whether or not I want more feedback from them. Um right. <laughs> And I mean that like in a nice way. But oh, one, of course, yes. One thing you said that that's that resonated with me though that I think is is as a catch twenty two is the idea that like that when when designers say here's what I specifically want feedback on, right? Like I've had designers actually say, "Listen, I understand that like ninety percent of this game is locked up tight. It's working great. Here's what I need help with." And like me sitting there playing the game, thinking, "I don't think that's true," right? Like. Right. There was like forty percent of this game that I did not care for, not as in not like as like a a taste thing, but like as a this just felt like it didn't work thing, right? Right. Um. So, in, in that situation, one of two things happens, right? If it's me, I'm probably just going to give them the feedback I want to give them because like they had me sit down and play it. I feel like that's my job to be respectful, right. but to tell them what I think they need to hear, not what they want to hear. But two. If you've got the shy people that won't do that, they're like, oh, well, I thought like, for instance, if you've got playtesters who are just gamers and not designers, right? They're generally, they have a harder time, I think, in general, if I'm stereotyping, speaking their mind about like specific things. So if a designer says, hey, this game is great, except for this one thing, and they disagree with that, they're more likely to be like, huh, like maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe this this I, person knows, and then the the designer misses that critical feedback of what's right. not actually working. And I think they also have a difficult time vocalizing specifically what it is they like or dislike. Right? If they're not actually game designers, they might not know like 
like, they might not know the vocabulary of how to describe what it is they like and dislike and why. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that's that can be very difficult. Um, I mean, it's hard enough with game designers where like I'll have game designers be like, well, you know, you could just change the silver bell and the blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what are you saying? Like, I don't even know what you're saying. I'm like, let me write this down so I can go look it up in the encyclopedia, uh, the game design one. But so, so yeah, I think it's even harder for players that don't know any of that terminology, right? Right. Um, because they have no reason to, right? They know basic mechanics of games. Like they know what... You know, worker placement is they know what they know, that sort of thing. Like they know that, but they don't, you know, know the in-depth details of things because they don't have to. And it's not their job to. Sure. And I don't either necessarily. Neither do I. (laughs) That's why I have the dictionary so that when I'm confused, I can read it. I'm serious, Nicole. That's what I do. (laughs) Um, I also feel like, you know, we had we had some problems when we were we were playtesting the Laser Riders expansion and we had people telling us what they didn't like about laser riders and we're like oh <laughs> but we would but like even at like metatopia we'd go into it, we'd be like hey we specifically want your feedback on these four characters on these actions on this part of it and we would be like okay let's talk about feedback what did you guys think about you know what i mean and like they would just be like well i think you should take the die out of the game and we're like thank you <laughs> that's like, I remember there was one playtester who was like, well, I think you should not have character powers and you should just have the four character powers at the top of the board and whoever wants to use one first takes whichever one they want. And then, you know, and he was like going on and on about it. And I like wrote it all down because I was like, I mean, this is a neat idea, not for our game. And I put it in a Google Doc. And I remember Anthony commented on it. <laughs> cool that guy should go make that game <laughs> yes yeah but it was just it was hard because we definitely like we were like laser focused no like laser rider laser focused on like trying to hone these new characters and people were like well how do you feel about this core yeah. rule of the game and we're like dude the game's printed like right yeah it's almost like you need those play testers to be people that have played the core game so right, that exactly. they don't give you feedback that's not helpful, you know? Like, right. they're like, or wow, the, this know. game's really bad. You really need to overhaul thing. You're like, great, it's been published. That's great. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Here's the person you can email about your opinion on that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. That's a whole thing. Uh, so we, um, interestingly enough, have managed to somehow fill our time today. <laughs> I'm not sure how we did it. The time went by really quickly because um, I love talking to you. I didn't even talk but, about uh, uh, all the time that I've spent in the kitchen this quarantine, which I thought that I would be talking to you about because I'm not a kitchen person and I have learned lots of things about food and drinking and drinks, not alcoholic drinks. Right, right. I know you don't drink alcohol or eat meat. Uh, I wish I could drink alcohol, but... It's cool. I get it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've never wanted to drink so badly in my life. Yeah, right, I'd say that's pretty close. Right. Yeah, no, no, that's that's fair. I, uh, I, yeah, I've had a have had more to drink of late. Okay, I just want to be clear. I don't like a problem. Like I had like a <laughs> beer like three times a week, which for me is like five thousand times more than I ever drank before. <laughs> but there's beer in my refrigerator, and uh, I really just want to get rid of it. Um, sure. Yeah. And uh, and everything and is awesome right now. Cold one. What'd you say? Every once in a while, you just want a cold one. Yeah, honestly, I'd rather just have like a soda. Actually, you know what? I'd rather have a milkshake. That's what I want. Um, I just want a milkshake we, all the time. I bought fancy root beer and vanilla ice cream. That's that is good. That is good. Hey, do you like fancy ice cream? I do like fancy ice cream. Let me tell you about fancy ice cream. I don't want to mm. ship you fancy ice cream. I actually would like, I would ship you some of this fancy ice cream, Nicole, but I'm afraid someone's going to steal it because when you get the box, it says fancy ice cream on the outside. Um, <laughs> you've been to Origins a lot, right? Uh-huh. Have, yeah, you been to, once. have you been to Jenny's? No. Okay. Well, first of all, shame on you, but um, <laughs> I walked like two miles in the rain to get to Jenny's, okay? Um, it's like the best ice cream in the world. It's so good. Turns out they ship that stuff. <gasps> they ship it. Uh, it comes with dry ice too, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so I put really the dry cool. ice and water, and the kids thought that was cool. But like, 
they shipped us six pints of ice cream and wow. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. So we actually shipped it to our moms for Mother's Day. Oh, that's um, so cute. Yeah. So it's pretty cool stuff. Our friends just sent us something called a spoonful of comfort, which is homemade soup that they send you in like a like this big giant jar. Nice. It is excellent soup. They send you soup and handmade rolls and handmade cookies. That is awesome. That is awesome. It's delicious. It's hey, absolutely. That reminds me, though. Here's a challenge for every builder out there. Every builder out there, this is what I want you to do. You ready, builders? I hope they're ready. Here's what I want you to do. Find a friend. Send them something. I don't care what it is. Send them something. Find something that they want and send it. Somebody random on Facebook says, oh, gosh, I really want to find this one thing. Just send it to them. Just do it. Just do it. Uh, recently, uh, Katarski, one of the other hosts of this show, was like, "Oh, I've got these. I've got this set of Star Wars glasses, but I need to try and find Boba Fett somewhere." <gasps> I saw it's like, that I picture. really, I really hope that I find it uh, at like a sale somewhere, like an antique store or something. And I went to eBay and bought it and shipped it to his house. I was like, "Hey, dude, you're gonna have this thing next Tuesday." And he was like, "Are you serious?" And I'm like, "Happy quarantine!" Because <laughs> like, just do stuff for people, like. You know, because like, I don't know how good it made him feel, but it made me feel real good. So, yeah. Yeah. My friend uh, really loves yeah. cross stitch and saw that I've just gotten into cross stitch. So they bought me um, all this embroidery floss and like an organizer and some hoops for cross stitching and a book of cross stitch and felt. And I am like, yes, I'm going to wreck it. I cannot wait. I saw that first cross stitch you put out there. It was real cool. Yeah. Thank I was you. impressed. Thank you. Real impressed. So. Well, hey, we should probably call it a show here because we're actually, yeah. this is one of the longer shows and uh, we didn't yes, pitch a game. Yes, I'm on the Jenny's yeah. ice cream website already, so. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out at buildingthegamepodcast.com. You can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can call us at 770-HOTEL-BTG. You can find us on the Twitter at podcastbtg, at jslingland, at t at twits, T-O-I-T-S. Or you can find us on Facebook, review us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and all those other places. And uh, you can come back next week and see us again because you know we love that more than anything. So, good night. You still never say good night. You still never say good night. Why don't you ever say good night? (laughs) Good night. (laughs) I never know if I should. I hope you keep that in. I hope you keep that in. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770-HOTEL-BTG. Please don't use the email.